everyone. I'm Alex West. And I'm Andrea Subasati, and we're from the Faculty of Horror Podcast. And you're listening to the Zombie Girls Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zombie Girls Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me today are all of my lovely zombie ladies. Uh, to my right is my number one Marvel movie buddy, Ariel. <laughs> Hi. Yes, that's right. We watched six Marvel six movies. Six and a half Marvel in, Within 24-hour period. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Matilda looking horrified next to her. <laughs> it was amazing. I'm, in, I'm both impressed and horrified. <laughs> Ariel, take up the cause. It was so good. It was so much fun. Every movie was super enjoyable. We had so much fun watching them. And mm-hmm. it didn't feel like we were watching like more than 12 hours worth of movies. Right. <laughs> I was just getting messages at three in the morning like, four down and two to go. <laughs> <laughs> Time has stopped over there. Like, I don't know what's going on. It really had. We didn't realize how late it was until one of the movies ended. We were like, oh, yeah, shit, we're like, like the we middle of the probably night. Probably should stop, but we didn't want to. So like <laughs> yeah. the first thing when Ariel woke up in the morning, she came out. I was like, you ready? She's like, yes. I'm like, are you ready for leftover pizza? She's like, yes. <laughs> uh, also joining us, uh, broadcasting from the Central Valley and celebrating a birthday this month. Hmm. Sarah. And all from all the way across the pond is my favorite black metal crumpet, Jody. <laughs> Thank you. I've never been called that before. <laughs> How is everybody doing this week? Anybody do exciting things on Valentine's Day? No. Mm, no. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> okay. I know. Okay. Now that Jody's dating a bearded guy, my plan to have her come for a visit, fall in love with one of my bearded brothers so we can trap her in the United States is like failed miserably. <laughs> well, I mean, she needs hoes in different areas. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's the 50 mile rule more than 50 miles right yeah right. international it's, waters like isn't yeah. there some rule when you work I around like there would be an excellent reality show with jody with like like jody and like a big love situation oh with yes like three yes. houses full of bearded men <laughs> or like yeah like or like a bachelor situation where like you get cut you get handed like the clippers or something <laughs> <laughs> you have to shave <laughs> You've been trimmed, like you know. Yeah, you know, shade, shade, shade. <laughs> that sounds great. Sign me up. <laughs> Amazing, awesome. Okay, well, today we are going to be uh, dipping into some dark waters. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, like, I was so excited when you picked these movies, and then I realized I had to watch. Them. <laughs> I was like, oh no. You're like, I want to talk about these movies. Crap, I need to see them again. Right? Yeah. It's been yeah. long enough that I do not remember them well, and I'm glad I rewatched them. But also, like, I was like, oh, God, here we go with the grim. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be yeah, reviewing. I was what- dreading rewatching Mother. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what are we reviewing mm-hmm. today? So we're going to talk about um, Darren Aronofsky's Mother and Black Swan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's kind of weird watching them back to back because you realize that like, Mother is almost like this meta version of like the themes of Black Swan, like mm-hmm. it's like what's really happening to Jennifer Lawrence is what Black Swan is about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, awesome. Okay, well, before we get into that, let's talk about what we have been watching. Ariel, what have you been watching? <laughs> okay, so first, I've been back in the Bay Area for a couple of weeks. Yes, 
Um, God is a woman. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was hanging out with my dad and he had just watched the new Halloween movie and he was saying how much he liked it. But his claim was that Halloween H2O was better. Oh, so oh. I got into a debate with him, an argument about how that couldn't possibly be true. But he was like, but you've only seen it once and you haven't seen it since it came out. So then we watched it again. Mm. He was definitely wrong. Okay. I was like, don't, don't go there, girl. Don't make me kick you out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally wrong. But Did he see the light as well? Or did he? is he like hardcore? So the thing about my dad is he doesn't like to admit he's wrong all the time. Oh. So, yeah, All he was time. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, okay, it's, like, super 90s, though. Oh, yeah. It feels like, um, you know, like, Urban Legend or Teaching Miss Tingle or something like that. Mm. And Michelle Williams has, like, the 90s, skinniest eyebrows you've oh, ever dear. seen. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, but it's I still... had those way too long. Yeah. <laughs> way too long. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's still really fun. Um, I'm glad I saw the movie, but yeah, it's does not compete with the newest one at all. I'm definitely glad they like got rid of that one and and moved on. Um, and then the other thing that I've been watching, oh, I watched um Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was really looking forward to that coming out because I loved Nightcrawler. I thought that was an amazing movie. This one I don't think is quite as good, but it's basically set in the sort of elite art world artists and then the people who run the galleries and then a guy who's like a reviewer and um this one woman lives in an apartment building where a man dies who was an artist and had <clears throat> painted prolifically and she basically like kind of steals his artwork um because she thinks it's amazing and wants to sell it um but then spooky things start happening to people involved in the selling and distributing of his artwork so it's I know that not everybody is liking this movie, but I, I personally really enjoyed it. I thought the characters are like so weird and quirky. They're really great and super well done. Um, and it's it's interesting to see kind of this like heightened parody version of the art world, too. I found that really enjoyable. And the kills are really fun, too. I would say just don't go into it thinking that it's going to be like a straight horror movie. Gotcha. I saw, I watched the first half of the problem was it came out the same day as Russian Doll and like yeah. there was just no competition there. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, <laughs> when I saw that, like I Tony Collette's character and her in that like blonde bob, I was oh, very so very good. here for. Yeah, um, and also like I kind of enjoyed sort of the weird, not weird, like the interesting Dave Gyllenhaal's interesting sexual uh, like mm -hmm. identity. Yeah, I was, think they did a really great job with that because. Um, it's not made like a, a, they don't make a huge deal out of it. It's just, it is what it is kind of right. in the film, which I thought was really nice. Yeah. Anyways, I thought it was really good, but oh, I know okay. that it's not like everybody's cup of tea. So fair warning. Okay. All right. How about who's next? But Jody, what have you been watching? Um, not very much actually. Um, I, I caught up with Bird Box. I think you guys maybe talked about it on the last cast. Mm -hmm. and I can't remember uh -huh. um, what the consensus was. I was a little underwhelmed. I think maybe I'd seen it too late. So all the hype had kind of been and gone and it got kind of like Blair Witch Syndrome. Like, I wasn't really impressed with it. And I'd seen too many memes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. That's why I watched it. I was yeah. like, I got to hurry up and watch this shit before memes ruin the movie. Yeah, that's exactting. exactly yeah, why I watched right, it. Yeah. Proving my, my point. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think, yeah, I think I left it a little too late. I mean, it's pretty good. Um, not enough Sarah Paulson for my liking. Though. Yes. She could have uh, stayed in there for longer. Yeah. And maybe like even have those actresses reversed, I think would have been really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would be yeah. here for that. 
Yes, definitely. Um, but I like watching uh, Trevant Rhodes. He's very handsome, so that was pretty nice. Um, yeah. I just feel like it, like the ending, I just felt really underwhelmed. Like it wasn't the same kind of because it's had a lot of comparisons to A Quiet Place, um, and it wasn't the same kind of level of um, sort of celebration uh, of, of disability as A Quiet Place had. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I can't remember what you guys thought about it. Basically, like it we liked it more, but like all your criticisms and feelings about it mirror what we said. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. I really enjoyed the first like half an hour of this mystery of like not knowing what it what it is, and you never really find out, which I think some people found frustrating. But I like the ambiguity of just not knowing and, and never seeing anything yourself. Yeah, and just seeing everybody else's reaction to what they're seeing, and kind of everybody else's interpretation of when they see somebody else see something, and kind of how that gets like diluted as time goes on. I thought that was very interesting. But yeah, I think I just the ending just felt like a bit of a letdown for me, um, and also the memes, <laughs> memes, memes killed it. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> The other thing I've seen, and I, I guess I'm just watching things that begin with B, is um, did you guys see the Black Mirror uh, Bandersnatch episode? Oh, not yet. Not yet. Oh, Our okay. technology so this got really isn't so... up to snuff yet. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had the same problem at first because um, this came out, uh, I think it was just after Christmas, just a couple of days mm-hmm. after Christmas. Um, so I was back home with my parents and their TV wasn't new enough to, right. to be able to have, have the capabilities to watch it. So me and my sister had to faff around to get an Xbox and, and plug it in. But um Basically, this is um, <clears throat> Black Mirror doing a, a choose-your-own-adventure style interactive uh, feature-length episode. And Black Mirror has always been kind of like, you know, oh, technology, is it good? Is it bad? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the perfect show to deliver this kind of um, experience. I don't know if anything like this has ever um, happened before. But this was this was great. Uh, and but, but great, but also frustrating at the same time. Because what happens is you're watching... Uh, this episode, and it's set in 1984, which, you know, I guess tells you something. Um, and it's this um, young um, games developer guy, like an amateur games developer, and he wants to kind of break into this games industry. And he's trying to adapt um, this novel, this choose-your-own-adventure novel, um, into a game, into a, a, a role-playing game where you have to make decisions, and then your decisions affect the uh, the outcome. Uh, so then you get, you as the audience, get given choices to make and at first it's kind of cool like his his dad offers him two different breakfast cereals and you get to pick which breakfast cereal he eats it's quite funny <laughs> um and then um he's on the bus listening to music and he's got two tapes in his hand so you pick which tape he listens to and then later when somebody asks him oh what kind of music do you like he says whatever you picked that's quite cool but then you have to make bigger decisions uh for him and it just it just gets a little repetitive because uh, but then i guess maybe that's kind of the point um, because sometimes you go down a path and then they go, nope, that was wrong. Start again. So you get quite quite a lot of Groundhog Day kind of seeing the same scenes play out uh-huh. over and over again. And then, of course, when you get to the end of a string, you go, right, let's go back to the start and do the other thing this time. So then you're just trying to find all the endings. So that was really fun. But me and my sister spent the whole of that day. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Basically, yeah, because I think, I can't remember how many hours, I think, because each one, each if you follow it from the beginning to the end, some of them are about an hour and a half and some are about maybe 50 minutes. So if you watch all of them, it's several hours worth of, wow. of content because you're watching wow. a lot of the same stuff. But then he starts to kind of, uh, you know, the character's going, oh, I feel like someone's controlling me. Oh, I don't know. I don't feel like I've got control of my actions. And there's one bit where you pick something like, I don't know, scratch your ear or, or bite your nail. And whatever you pick, he starts to like hold his hand down, like like Evil Dead 2, like holding his hand like, no, I'm not going to scratch my ear or whatever you, mm. whatever you pick. Mm, um, it's a little meta. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Uh, it's it's just um, because by its very nature, you want to watch it multiple times, and then it gets a little boring because you're like, okay, and then you kind of like, hang on, which which way did we go that time? Oh no, we've done the same thing. We've got the same ending. Right, start again. 
So you do get a little burnt out on it, but it's also fun to. Do you recommend like taking notes as you go through? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And somewhere there's uh, there's got to be a big tree that somebody's drawn somewhere of each pathway and each branch and, and where it where it takes you. Um, do you have to start. I, 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 oh, go ahead. No, go on. Do you have to start at the beginning every time, or can you back up like in the Choose Your Own Adventure books? You could back up like one thing, right? Like, okay, so I made this decision, um, but what if I turned this way at the last turn? It depends if you get to the end of, of a storyline, because sometimes you just get to the end of, um, like, basically there are just a few dead ends, and then it'll let you um, either go back to where you were oh, okay. or just pick another option. Um, but if you get to, like, an end credit scene, then you then start again. Okay. Yeah. And I kept thinking that I would like to do a, a Black Mirror um, episode as a staff pick yeah. sometimes, but there's so many of them now. Um, so, But maybe we could do a couple of seasons or just a few episodes, maybe, or have a, an ongoing Black Mirror thing and end up doing this one, maybe. Yeah. just pick yeah, the best ones because some of them are absolutely interesting mm -hmm. yeah awesome matilda what have you been watching uh so i've been watching a couple things um one is i finally saw anna in the apocalypse um has anyone else seen this yet i haven't had the chance yet. Right now. not yet i really wanted to like this more than i did oh no i was really and i it seemed like i was gonna i mean i love musicals this seemed like it was gonna be very for me here's what i'll say it's um there's no tongue-in-cheek it is a very straight ahead very sincere musical oh oh really there's no campiness like i was like is this kind mm. of like I was texting rachel i was like it's kind of like the first season of The Walking Dead and High School Musical moved to the UK and had a baby and the baby <laughs> was a disappointment. Like it, is, um, like it wasn't even Glee level because I feel like Glee has some like tongue in cheek or some camp right. or has some sarcasm. This has none. Really? None. Yeah, it's pretty... It's good for... I would say if you have a tween in your life, yeah. Who is a very sincere tween who you want to get interested in a couple with a couple of light zombie kills. Uh -huh. This would be great. Okay. Um, beyond that, I don't know. I, I was expecting camp, like full camp. Yeah, so was I. Like yeah. me too. I mean, there's one scene in the, um, there's a couple scenes early on in this small town's, um, like talent show at the school uh -huh. that are hilarious. Okay. One of them with, two penguins rapping terribly okay I can't remember what that's what i wanted that's what yeah. i was expecting yeah but everything else like there's like a disneyfied singing and choreography but not interesting like it's that's even, wrong. like, the bad kid has a song about how when it comes to zombies, he's kicking some ass. But it just sounds like the worst Dawkins song you've ever heard. Yeah. That's mm. a bummer. Yikes. It was, yeah, it was pretty, it, it made me sad that oh, it wasn't. No. More better? Yeah, that it wasn't more better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing is uh, we had date night last night and went Ooh. and saw Lords of Chaos. Romance! <laughs> uh, which is in very limited release. I'm very curious mm -hmm. about this. Um, As someone who read that book. And, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, it's a story I'm familiar with. And what I saw as being adapted got very... 
concerned. I don't know if excited is the right word, but intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. I went in kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to think about this. Um, so do people know what this is? This is the... I didn't, but Rachel told me about mm-hmm. it. So. Um, this is okay. the kind of fictionalization of a true crime. Oh, does it feel really fictionalized? Well, it says it's based on truth and lies. Like one review I read said this is oh. essentially like the Bohemian Rhapsody of this uh, scene, which is gotcha. probably accurate. Oh, okay. Probably accurate. Um, mm. Good representation of the music. Weird. Probably lots of filling in of holes. Um, so this is about the uh, early 90s Norwegian black metal. So the person who plays Euronymous is Rory Culkin. Such an interesting casting choice. Of Macaulay Culkin family fame. Um, right. And then Val Kilmer's kid. Oh, I didn't Bart. know he was an actor. Hmm. Yeah. They did a pretty great job. Especially Rory Culkin, uh-huh. I thought, did a pretty great job. But it is rough going. Is this it? is where I should say this movie was made by Vice. Oh. Which hmm. always has the, like, questionable... Epic? Epic <laughs> and also questionable, like... I'm very interested in what you're talking about. I don't trust you to talk about it well. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Kind right, of phenomenon right, 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 right. for me. Yes. But I thought it was, was actually pretty balanced in terms of thinking about them as kids, but then also kind of like thinking about Varg as a nightmarish sociopath, right? Um, yeah, but we all knew that, that kid. And they... Yeah. In high school, you know, everybody knew that kid that you were just like... That guy is fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. There's um there's a lot of rough going in the watching. There's uh there's a suicide early on. Right. That gets shown for a long time. Really? Uh mm. there is, you know, someone in this community also committed like murdered a gay man. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah. Yep. Then there's Spoiler, Varg killing Euronymous. And was that pretty graphic? Yeah. I remember in the book, like the stabbing in the head being like, ooh, and like him like trying to get the knife yep. out. Yeah, oh. there's definitely that. So yeah. we were in a theater that was like a mix of like, I think people who were interested in the music or had some history with the music, like uh-huh. metalheads, and like 20% of dudes in there that I was like, I want to preemptively call the FBI about you. Like oh, you God. are so fucking creepy. Uh, yeah. Just like men in the men in the lobby, like eating tater tots and making intense eye contact with each other, talking about David Lynch's biography, where I was like, uh, You are you have a lady mm. in your basement. Like, I don't know. <laughs> going on here. Um, so you know, There's it's gonna a woman in your couch. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna pull for the house. Um, I think it's worth seeing, just be warned that it is rough stuff. And mm. Rachel, you should know that the, a lot violence. of the early stuff with death, because he apparently had a lot of fascination with dead animals. So there's a scene of him like, yeah. hu- like with a dead crow in a bag, like huffing it. There's a lot of dead cats hanging in his room. Just be aware. Mm. I read the book. I think maybe I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, Rory, Rory Culkin was pretty great. He's always great. Yeah. yeah. Someone was ejected from our theater for yelling 
at the it's like drunkenly yelling at the screen uh-huh. about hmm. posers, etc. So I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, I feel like that crew would like totally approve of that. Yeah, yep. everything was like that is not true, black metal. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because this was a crew of like I don't know, fifteen kids. Yeah, in Norway, who like pioneered a new genre of metal and then had such an influence, but they were all like nineteen years old. Yeah, and acted yeah. like nineteen-year-old dicks. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen that documentary um, until the light takes us? I did. Mm-hmm. Mm. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, not for a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember thinking, I could almost get into this music if these guys want such dicks. Yeah. 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 Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And they do, I, the- I was pleased they did make fun of Varg's like political leanings. Oh, good. Okay. They definitely have it because I was like, how's this going to go? Because right. there's a kind of yeah. like no- Nazi socialist kind of edge. Um, and they made appropriate fun of him in a way that got a big okay. laugh in the oh, theater good. that's good yeah is he the one that led the police on a low-speed chase in a yugo i believe so i believe he is yeah right? i think so yeah. yeah like yeah that was not featured in the movie oh sadly. that's a shame Bummer. <laughs> that would have been great to see filmed yeah <laughs> yeah awesome. but, but like uh i feel like looking at the kind of like energy of that music and that kind of thing it was pretty it was like bohemian rhapsody it was good and it was you know it's directed by a guy who made uh like made videos for madonna it's like a music video director yeah i i think the uh thesis of the movie is that being true black metal is probably a fool's errand and full of teenage idiocy which is right i mean i know when i had a roommate that was like very into black metal like those were, I overheard many of those kinds of conversations, and they were all pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> These were the years that you'd come home and find them in like panda makeup. And yes, or like our window broke, and we just put a cover, a Burzum record cover, in the window oh, to like fill the hole. <laughs> <laughs> now knowing that like Varg and Burzum, like I probably would not have championed that particular patch oh, job, yeah. but at the time it worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like when you came to our door, it was like a hole with a Burzum record. And we're like, you know what you're getting into if you come in this house. So. <laughs> and then well, I, I wondered a... why we got robbed. Like... <laughs> Sorry, go I ahead. I had a friend who um, had a door that had glass panes in it, and one of them was broken, like right above the doorknob. Oh, great. And she, did, she you know, was delaying getting it fixed because it was a old-ass door from like the 30s, mm-hmm. so it was going to be expensive to fix it. Well, a black widow made its home there. Nobody uh, would dare stick their hand through the nope. thing because there's this oh. black widow just chilling at her door. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that measure. would be excellent. Like, fuck the ring. Okay, like, that, <laughs> yeah. is, that is the security system right there. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. All right, so, Sarah, what have you been watching? Well, I saw the uh, documentary on Shudder. Mm-hmm. Uh, two words I have a hell of a time saying. Horror noir. All right. <laughs> really good and really funny. Like, dude, when Tony Todd is there or um Ken Foray. Ah, yes. Like the two of them, their banter is great. I know they're like call me. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a really great, a really great exploration of like the representation of African Americans in horror. You know, dating all the way back from you know, like the turn of the century, and and you know, basically starting with, with birth of a like, fucking like nation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like like somebody said, you know, first first we weren't allowed on screen, then we were allowed on screen, and then the fifties came and it was like, oh well, well, there's no room for janitors in in the science lab since a lot of it was sci-fi horror based. So they disappeared completely, and then came back in the seventies with black exploitation. But you know, it's like it wasn't until the nineties that they that you really felt like true representation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, and, and of course it ends with. You know, with them talking about Get Out, which I mean, absolutely amazing, and um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's a really neat uh, document to watch, and and I definitely got a, a whole list of things now that that uh, Kat and I uh, are going to watch. Mm-hmm. Which, on a side note, she finally saw Get Out and is mad at me for making her watch all the, as she put it, shit that you watch for the podcast <laughs> and holding something good back. Yikes. Burn. All right. Shots fired. <laughs> so I, I I was in trouble last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I watched yeah. this. And one. then uh, I finally saw The Witch, mm. which mm. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a lot. Good. Of course, I had also been watch- listening to the podcast Infamous America about um, the Salem Witch Trials. So, like, the two of them were really great, like, piece side by side because you had basically – what was going on in in Massachusetts at that time, like happening, but on like a microcosm of inside the home. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that movie was great. It is so good. Yeah, that movie mm-hmm. was really cool, though. Did it make you want to live deliciously? <laughs> Absolutely. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you fucking fly? I don't want to. I don't yeah, want to be chopping yeah. wood and eating and eating the uh, rotted corn. Oh, right. <laughs> rather be chopping babies. <laughs> um. <laughs> awesome well i'm glad you enjoyed it i also watched uh uh horror noir and i agree with everything you said i would just like i want to like just basically advocate for this movie because it's so, so good yeah good um yeah. like i feel like and 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 i really want to go drinking with with uh ken forey and <laughs> and uh keith davis yeah right <laughs> they do seem like a good time yeah. don't they but yeah so i mean i think if you have seen a horror documentary like about the history of horror, like they're all pretty samey. Like last episode, you were talking about the Eli Roth one, and I was just like, I've seen that documentary. I'm good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, at least the Eli Roth one didn't like. You know, it was like, yeah, Dracula happened, and then you know, and then it like you know touched on Hammer, and it was like, but you know, Near Dark and the Lost Boys, and like it was more of like a modern history. But it's still just completely whitewashed. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's it's still the same movies that come up over and over again, the same benchmarks yeah. in terms of the history of horror. And, like, this one, because it sort of, by virtue of the topic, like, kicked all those movies to the curb, like, we got something new and fresh and, like, a new look at a timeline that we did not have before. It's, like, this parallel mm. track of, like, black horror starting with its roots and like, you know, and, and it's inherent racism and like, you know, it, 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 it moves to modern times, but along the way, like you learn about all of these like unsung horror, like horror maker, filmmakers and actors and like movements within the genre that I had no idea yeah. about. Mm-hmm. I feel like I understand black exploitation better now. Um, and like, I also understand how like those like my experience with those things 
are like to see how that kind of representation like what it actually meant to those people was really yeah. enlightening and amazing and like i hope that like it high like it spotlights more projects like it did for me for other people so that like these things that have been sort of in the shadows come to the fore mm -hmm. and it's also just like a really good documentary like uh, the message and like the important topic aside like it is an entertaining watch like you said it's really funny in parts and it's fascinating and it was really fun to see like a uh, one of the graveyard sisters is in it and that's yeah. a podcast i really mm -hmm. like and a, and a facebook group that are not group but a facebook page that i follow mm -hmm. that they are constantly doing this work like Every, like, week they put out, like, they just highlight different, um, like, black women in horror. So I love that site. So when I saw one of the hosts on there, I got very excited. So that was cool. Um, but, yeah, I would, it's on Shutter. Check it out. I agree with Sarah 100%. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Because, like you said, it's super entertaining. It was really enlightening. And I think, um, <clears throat> for me, there was a lot of information that I had like movies that I wasn't right. aware of, um, directors I wasn't aware of, which was really interesting. Mm -hmm. But I also think if you're somebody who's ever like questioned why representation is important in movies, why people are always talking about it or getting up in arms mm -hmm. about it, I think this movie does a really good job of telling you that like it's not, it's super validating to see yourself represented in media, to see yourself on the screen. But there's also this other issue where, um, being shown and represented in like a good way on screen and television and other forms of media can also like change society. Like things change yeah. because of the way we see things mm -hmm. in our media. And I think it does a good job of highlighting that while still being like fun and light, even though they're talking about like some tough, really issues. heavy shit. Yeah. 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 I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I loved the, the part of with um, watching with all the interviews I've talked um of thinking about what it means to be an audience member when you are not the intended audience member. Right. Right. For yeah. so long. I loved that part. That's yes. part of um, well, what I really love dissecting and things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it was like, what well, was like, uh, Kat and I were talking about it and, and we were talking about, you know, um, the end of the original night of the living dead. And I remember, and I, and I told her, I said, you know, I remember watching that movie at about six or seven years old and just, and I'd already seen, you know, horror films. I'd seen, you know, Friday the 13th, and I'd seen Poltergeist, and American World of London, and, and those kind of movies, you know, the thing, and, and I was maybe, I was maybe about seven, and just being devastated that, but he's not, he's not a zombie, why did they kill him? Yeah, uh-huh. And, you know, knowing that there was something inherently wrong there, but not realizing it was the racism. Right, yeah. right, uh-huh, yes. Definitely. And also the timing of that with JFK's assassination. Yeah. Like, Ooh, intense. Yeah. Um, the other thing was, you know, we talk a lot about how, like, horror reflects, um, like, our anxieties and fear and culture. Like, right now, like, if you look at movements and how they pair up, it was very interesting that this movie did that in a perspective that I had not seen before. Like, basically, like, black culture in America mm -hmm. and how horror specifically reflected that. Uh -huh. um, like, with, like, the experimentation and just also just, like, the the excising of black people completely from brains. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was, like, it was like great. In the fifties. And yeah, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Check it out. I don't know. I'm like, I'm basically, we're all between all of us. We're like, and then this yeah. happens. Yeah. We'll leave some of it for people to watch, but, but yeah, great, great documentary. It's worth getting shutter just to watch this documentary. And then Absolutely. also all the other stuff.
Um, the other thing I watched was, and I already talked about it a little bit, was Russian Doll. Oh, so good. I know, it's so good. <laughs> I, I tried to watch other things that day. Okay, I started it first thing in the morning, and I kept trying to do other things, but I had finished it by the night, <laughs> that same day. Like, I watched it all in one basic long go, and it was hmm. so good. Okay, so you've seen it, and you. I've seen it. Yeah, Sarah, Jody, have either of you seen this yet? No, no, not yet. Okay, well, I mean, if you've seen a time loop movie, you may think you know what it is, and like to some extent, you know, it is a time loop movie. So some of the like basic tropes are there, Um, but it's like actually a much more fascinating character study. And as much as I love Groundhog Day. Natasha Leone's character is way more interesting than Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> I love her so much. Plus, I could just look at her all day. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I know. This is finally a project that fully embraces the magic that is Natasha yes. Leone. Right, like, how does she describe herself? And, like, it's like in the last episode, oh, she says, I, I'm uh, like a cross between Andrew Dice Clay and the little girl from Brave. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect her bangs are a work of fucking art yeah they are like i want to perm my bangs <laughs> although i feel like that would be a very grave mistake if i were to do that go very bad. Yeah. but yeah. it looks amazing on her um matilda i think you told me this and I, yeah you did and i totally agree was is that her character is the id of our like uh, for women of our generation yeah for like feminist women about our age i feel like she's like the id she's just like she says everything she's thinking yeah yeah oh so it's so great um yeah she's great in it her hair dear god it's fucking glorious uh and uh, like wig cop approved wig cop i don't even, i don't think it's a wig i don't think so because she has really curly yeah. hair so. i mean yeah yeah like the the follicular integrity of this wig <laughs> if it is a wig is next level um <laughs> Uh, the less you know about this uh, going in, the better. So I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm not going to spoil everything in it. Um, it's I will... finally worthy of her. It's finally something yes. worthy of her. But I, I, it's just absolutely compelling watch. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Like, I feel like maybe at some point we should watch it as a group because it's, I, mean, I don't know if it's really horror. That's it's, the only problem. It's Black Mirror-ish. Yeah. Though. Yes. Yes. And there are all the side characters I was very interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a homeless guy that I'm very interested in. And there's, like, another, like, she meets someone who's interesting. And I just don't want to spoil things, so I'm going to shut up. And there's EMDR. I was very excited. Yes. There's, like, I loved the, like, psychiatrist lady. Yeah, the grandma or whoever she Mm -hmm. was. She's a family friend. Family friend. Yeah. Yeah. She was great. Chloe Sevigny shows up at some point. Yes. There's a cat named Oatmeal. I mean, there's something for everyone. (laughs) Giant glowing vagina door. Like, there is something for everyone. Mm -hmm. Be warned that you will get that Harry Nelson song stuck in your head, though, for days I'm trying to figure out how the strap-on situation works, but we'll save that for another episode. I mean, because it's like, I mean, I guess we could. Oh, I mean, I guess if they were. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I just figured it out. Okay. <laughs> like, I was like, that's not where that goes. Oh, wait, I. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I have been watching. Um, I feel like we've had some good stuff in here. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of good mm. recommendations. Um, awesome. So, should we take a little break and then dig into the dark? Sure. sure. And then we will okay. talk mama. No, Black Swan and then mama. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that exclamation point we'll in there. <laughs> All right, shall we? We've I think we have uh we have 
procrastinated enough. Should we dig yes. into some Aronofsky? Yes. <laughs> oh, no one says yes, but I'm going to force it anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. I already did that. Let's do this. All right. So let's start with, um, we'll do these in chronological order with Black Swan. Who has the synopsis for this bad boy? I think I wrote this one. All right. Pull it up. All right, so Black Swan is from 2010, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Both of the ones we're talking about today are. Starring Natalie Portman, Barbara Hershey, and Mila Kunis. Nina is a young and dedicated ballerina who lands the principal role in her company's production of Swan Lake. Although she effortlessly nails the technique and innocence of the white swan, she struggles to embody the seductive and nefarious black swan. Her efforts to find this part of herself lead her on her own surreal journey of discovery and destruction so before we get too far ahead i forgot to ask you this um what made you decide on these two movies i think what made me decide on these two movies is that i am really compelled by darren aronofsky's films and i am ambivalent by how much I love them because I feel like he puts his main characters but in these two women in his like leading ladies in particular through ordeals mm -hmm. like in order to make a point he um, he kind of tortures his <laughs> uh, his leads I mean the wrestler is not exactly like easy on Mickey, Mickey Rourke, Rourke either, yeah. but um, mm. but I kind of wanted to unpack a little bit, like what we think about that and how he just like what he puts his leads through and what he puts the audience through. Yeah, because I feel like watching these is also an ordeal. Yes, a yes, it bit. is. Yeah, <laughs> um, in a way that really speaks to me. But I'm uh -huh. really, I was really, I picked these mostly because I wanted to talk about them. And I right. feel badly that people had to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very much looking. I think it's going to be a good conversation. So. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about Black Swan. What do you think of Black Swan? So I love this. And, you know, Aronofsky said in um, when he was trying to get this made that people kept saying, no, 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 ballet people don't like horror and horror people don't like ballet. Wrong. Yeah. Mm. I mean, ballet... Is beautiful, but it's also fucking horrible. Yes, yeah. Like the things that like you have to put your body through to right. to create this level of art, whether it's like the foot whore, which we will definitely be talking about, yeah. or just like the loss of your period. You know what I mean? Like, and the the things you have to put your body through to be to be in the right form to be a dancer, right? And that you age out at about thirty. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it touches on like all the like horror. Yeah. Aspects. Right. And you know, there's that scene where she's getting like manipulated and massaged and like ballet companies have doctors that do that kind of stuff with everybody because they all get so many terrible injuries all the time. Right. I mean, it's what Pilates mm -hmm. is. Right? Yeah. It was to yeah. Just exactly. Fix broken ballerinas. Is that true? Yeah. 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 Because yeah. you're broken all the time. So there's something compelling about this in terms of like, um, ballet is a metaphor for femininity and like all the horror and um, labor that goes into something to make something look effortless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. the stuff with the mom is so. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yes. 
the part the casting of Barbara Hershey is pretty incredible in this. Yeah, there was like, somebody else they were considering, and I can't remember who it is. Let me see if I can find well, it. The final scene where she's like staring at her mother in the audience and it's just flashing back and forth between their faces. Like I was just like, oh, that is perfect casting. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you could have picked someone that is more who embodies sort of the physical appearance, like they look related, but also just yeah. Could be look like that could be her mother, but also kind of have that that level of like vulnerability and and also like sinister malice, like mm-hmm. right because there's so much of her mother is like overbearing, but like super caring. Like she cares yeah. so much that it's almost like scary. Well, it's like yeah. it's it's what is it? Munchausen. Yes, Munchausen by proxy mm-hmm. by way of ballet. Mm. Mm. Right, it's like the awful mm. stage mother. Right, right, and all yeah, of those mom... paintings of her. Ooh, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh, and the scene where she's masturbating and she thinks she's alone, and then she turns and her mother is asleep in the chair in her oh. bedroom. That was. A... <laughs> yeah. What did you think of it, uh, Ariel? Oh, I love this movie. I mean, I love ballet, and so mixing that with horror was a treat for me. I saw it when it first came out and absolutely adored it. And watching it again. I feel like actually was a really good experience because I've, I've never revisited it just because as much as I liked it, it is like it puts you through something mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Just like all of his movies do. And but I was glad that I got the opportunity to watch it again because I feel like there's stuff that I saw or appreciated more the second time around. I mean, it's just so beautiful to look at, too. And it has um, like there's a lot of body horror stuff in it, but body horror that's really different than what you see in your average horror film. Yeah. yeah. Like this sort of disgusting beauty yeah. to what happens mm-hmm. to her, you know? Mm-hmm. Plucks the feather out of her shoulder. Yeah, Ooh. that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. And the chicken skin, like, coming up on her as she's dancing and yeah. at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the webbed feet were my favorite, having to pull apart her yeah. toes. Which actually is yeah. a dancer foot horror thing. Like, is it really? Gets, yeah, that's why I like toes. But your toes are, you just get so smushed together because they're like bound. Yeah, because they're in point shoes like all the time. Yeah, like I'm Mm -hmm. not in point shoes, but even dancing, just your feet. Dancers are always like holding hands with their feet (laughs) to spread your toes out. Oh, geez. Oh, right. Like linking the fingers like toes. Like. Oh. Rachel's just looking at me doing this. <laughs> what the fuck is <laughs> But like, what would happen if you didn't? I mean, you wouldn't web or anything. That's, I'm like, like what are you doing? <laughs> no, but like, I think dancers, like people know the psychological feel of that. Is okay, okay. Like, that kind of like everything smushed together. Because your bones cramp, like, you know, morph I just over time. into some sort know. of Lynchian black hole? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Sarah, what did you think of this movie? Oh, I I love this movie. It it, it really keeps you guessing what's going on, mm-hmm. but there's there's enough there's enough psychological stuff that like people that don't like gore, I I could see really getting into this movie if they gave it a chance. Yeah, because I know a lot of people like just didn't want to watch it because it looked weird, you know. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, there's there's enough going on psychologically with Natalie Portman's character that it keeps you guessing whether or not it's real or or not. And then, you know, just like, yeah, like the body horror, but it's not, it's graphic and it's gross, but it's not over the top. It's not like, uh, you know, somebody turning into, into a mutated chicken. 
kind of body horror. <laughs> that's right. you know, very real <laughs> right. body horror. Yeah. I think that's something Aronofsky does really well is that his films are so surreal, but they're close enough. Yes. That that's you I'm can kind of go there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes when things are too surreal, I it I can't connect to them. Right. And I lose interest because mm-hmm. I feel like when things get too surreal, they lose all stakes. And it's just like, oh, this is just some fucking weird dream logic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like even parts of Mandy, I was like, what the, wait, where yeah. are we now? Yeah. What? Fair. Mm-hmm. Totally but... <laughs> fair. And I definitely struggled with parts of that. Yeah. I didn't lose well. interest, but this one, like you really are in it. Yes. Definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, Jody, what did you think of this movie? Um, yeah, I, I I love this movie too, and um, it, it often gets paired up with the wrestler, like you mentioned, Matilda, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of um, you know the main character being put through the ringer. Uh, but then I was thinking um, about uh, the wrestler in terms of the Marissa Tomei character as well, and how she maybe goes through a similar yeah. kind of ordeal in, in her own way as well, not not being the main character though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I saw this in the cinema with Mister Explody, you know, way back when when it came out. I mean, I guess this movie's about ten years old now, and. Um, when we came out, wow, that was great. What did you think? And he went, oh, yeah. Well, oh, that scene when they're in bed together was really hot. And I thought, you completely missed it. But also, like, the, the whole uh, theme of, like, women putting themselves through ordeals for men, because this is all, uh, and not, I guess not specifically for men, but to please other people, because it's all, it's not about her doing any of this for herself. It's all... I'm going to be perfect, whether it's for my mother or for my dance director or for the audience. or yeah. And it's all just everybody else's kind of perception of, of her. And I, I wish I'd given myself more time to watch it a few more times. I'd, I'd seen it a couple of times, but because it's all mirrors everywhere, like not just in the dance studio, but right. every time she walks past a wall in her house, it's a, it's a mirror. And sometimes like her reflection will be like slightly different, like looking the other way. And uh, yeah, I wish I'd given myself more time to kind of. I don't even think I noticed that. Oh, you didn't notice that? Yeah. No. Yeah. I love the mirror that's she like sees... all the mirrors together. Yeah, where that one like is all really cool. the faces. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she sees herself kind of like um, on the uh, on the train at the start, and then kind of in the um, right. in the underground. She sort of sees herself, but and then yeah, that bit where she's got the mirror in front and behind, and she sees like a hundred versions of herself, yeah, and one yeah. of them is kind of like slightly different. But if you yeah, if 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 you if you get a chance to watch it again, just in the house, there's just mirrors everywhere in her bedroom and in the bathroom and, and you always just see it in, in the background or you see her reflection in a window or you see her talking to somebody else in the reflection. Or... Which is so interesting for like the <clears throat> dynamics with the mom in this movie where she is kind of like exists to be a perfect reflection of the, her mother yeah, mm-hmm. or exists to be like the vision of the director rather than her own person. And there's and there's a big kind of like fairly obvious like metamorphosis sort of uh, theme running through it as well. But did you know she's got like butterfly wallpaper? Yeah, mm-hmm. I hadn't thought well. about it, but yes, I was more keyed yeah. in on the fact that everything was so pink. Yeah, and, yes. and like yeah, and yes, it's all like infantilizing. Yeah, it. Well, I mean, it pinks and then it grays and then it it goes to to black as she moves further through the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. until Mila oh, Kunis really gives her the that. black tank top. That's the first thing right. she's, that's the first time she's been black. Oh, I hadn't really. Mm, that's I such a great Because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know specifically whether Aronofsky has made reference to other movies, but the, the scratches on the back just look like the fly. You know, when he's got mm. those like, little hairs yeah. on the right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that made me think about transformation and, you know, especially into a, a winged, winged creature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And, but yeah, when she pulls that, like it's it's the relatable body horror as well. I mean, I'm not a ballerina, but I, I can imagine like standing on your tiptoes is like fucking painful. And when she breaks her toenail at the start, oh, when she yeah. kind of and it just when cracks. She's in her room, oh, yeah, that yeah. sound, man. And when she's yeah, and pulling the little hanger ah! out of her, uh, yeah, just all of those little tiny. Those are the bits that make you go, oh, I've, I've done that, oh, I've done that, and then it makes you kind of like buy into the rest of it. Yeah, and I almost true. like I couldn't tell you what really happens and like it, it, it does go a bit surreal towards the mm -hmm. end and, and you get the scene where she's starting to like when she um sort of transforms on stage and her arms turn into wings that could almost be super cheesy and it, it just about gets away with it i couldn't really tell you exactly what that means and, what, and what's happening and what the explanation is but it it doesn't matter i think you've got enough breadcrumbs there to still enjoy the movie yeah i mean it's the full metamorphosis right because like after the like mm. her her sexual experience she does the thing where her knees knock backwards yeah, like that was a great like, scene. Fits and starts, and then finally, like the full release. Yeah, she spreads her wings. Yeah, and fully embraces it. Ugh, such a good movie. So this is a movie I really liked mm. the first time I watched it, and then the second time. I'm so glad I watched it again because, like, and this is true with Mother as well. Like, it is such sensory overload when you first watch one of mm -hmm. these movies. In addition to the fact that, like, there's a mystery that you're trying to unravel, and so you're like, your brain is so focused on trying to figure out what is happening that there's all these subtle nuances that kind of just fly under the radar and having seen it mm. and knowing where it goes, it gives you the space, like the mental <laughs> capacity bandwidth to kind of really key in on little subtle things. Like all the times mm. that like you see the goose flesh appear on her skin or like the way that he's using color as, as like to show you her transformation, all that kind of stuff that just sort of flies under the radar where the first watch you get on the second watch. And, like, it made me actually love this movie even more than I loved it the first time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is saying a lot, because I loved it the first time. Um, I, yeah, I think it's a fascinating movie. But also, her performance, and when we talk about Mother, we'll talk about this as well, and I wonder, I need to see more in Aronofsky. And I think there's some of this in Requiem for a Dream. But the way that he has his lead women form, there's, a, like, mm. he... There is a very similar style of like quiet, timid mm -hmm. between Mother and Nina. Oh, interesting. And also, if I remember, Ellen Burstyn's character in Requiem for a Dream mm -hmm. has some of that same sort of suppression of like emotion and anger, and and then, but then it like gives way to insanity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, right. The, mm. This way yeah, leads this way leads to madness. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he does have mm -hmm. that as a thesis that, like, yeah. femininity will lead you to madness. Uh -huh. Right? Like, compliance will mm -hmm. lead you to madness. Right, because it's degree. like a diet thing in Requiem for a Dream. Yep. Yeah, she's taking those speed This, like, uniformity yeah. 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 to, like, like... Yeah, but you, you can't give all the credit to Aronofsky for Requiem. I mean, the, the, the novel was amazing, and all of that stuff was there. He just got to pick and choose, where at least with Mother and with Black Swan, they were from his ideas gotcha. that he had yeah. developed. So they were concepts. The concepts that are in there are his concepts, not mm. uh, somebody else's. Uh -huh. Right. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Well, so I guess like the, the diet thing extends to this movie as well because there's kind of like an eating disorder sort of like undercurrent yeah. as well. Because oh, yeah. uh, she, mm -hmm. thro she throws up quite a lot. And it's not uh, uh, when she uh, she buys the, uh, the cake to celebrate. And, um, and then there's that, I think that, also ties into the, the Munchausen thing that you mentioned, Rachel, when um, she goes, oh, no, 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 I'm so sick from, you know, I'm, I, I couldn't eat it. So she's like, oh, well, I'll just bin it then. It's just garbage then. I'll just, I'll just Yeah, it's so manipulative. No, 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 that's okay. I'll... 
yeah yeah in such a perfect just being, yeah 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 and she's being measured up for her costume like the day before like oh you've lost weight yes. like, and she's already like so tiny mm-hmm. and how pleased so that, yeah, she is about that yes mm-hmm. like yeah so I'm, I'm becoming who i who i needed to be what you... I think it was Mila Kunis that said of that as soon as they were done filming, as soon as they wrapped, the first thing she did was went to In and Out Burger and got a a double double <laughs> and, and two sets of fries. Yeah. Nice, nice. I bet, I bet. Which is funny because in the movie, Mila Kunis is portrayed as like eating, like chowing down on a burger, like she's all she's yeah. all about the sense somebody who and... actually has desire mm-hmm. in this movie, unlike right. everybody else, right? Right. Yeah, she smokes and drinks. And, yeah. yeah, eats cheeseburgers and fucks people and yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those things that Nina hasn't allowed herself. One of my favorite things about this movie, too, is like after you have that sex scene between Nina and Mila Kunis's character, and then she comes to the realization that she wasn't there in the room with her. I remember the first time I saw that just being like, oh, shit, like this is really like this is really happening. She's really not doing well now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's mm. it's so startling because um it's such like a visceral experience and you're so like in the moment with them that you don't expect it to be anything other than what it was, you know, or at least I didn't at the time. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a point in this movie where you're like, wait, how much of this is actually happening? Yeah, right. exactly. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I was mm-hmm. saying when we were taking our break, like the stuff with Winona Ryder, which is fucking intense. Yeah. yeah. When, uh, um, when she visits her in the hospital at the end and Winona Ryder starts stabbing herself in the face, which, but then Nina, when she's in the elevator, has the bloody file. So I'm like, okay, what actually? Right. So the, then, I mean, I don't know if it even matters what happens in reality, but like the part of my brain that requires some some <laughs> logic is like, are we meant to believe that that she did the stabbing, or was that not real? Like, what part mm-hmm. of that actually happened? I guess, does that even matter? Yeah, because you never do get any kind of answer or closure on that part of it. I read it more as her guilt about surpassing her. Yeah. Right. Do you think mm. the bloody nail file wasn't actually there? Yeah, I think this movie has a lot of stuff about Natalie Portman's... Um, the way that becoming fully adult is a betrayal of other people. Okay. Like, is a betrayal of her mother is a betrayal of like that she has to that somebody else has to suffer like it'll yeah. cause pain to somebody else for her to become fully adult uh-huh. or come into her own like cuz Winona Ryder is no longer the principal right. right and she initially like takes some of Winona Ryder's stuff and like really proudly displays it in front right. of her mirror but then when she kind of realizes what has happened to Winona Ryder's character and like what it cost her emotionally then she goes to return it all to mm-hmm. her there is such interesting stuff about bodies in this movie where she's like comes into a hospital room and is just like examining Winona Ryder's body. Under yeah. The, she's like lifting sheet. the blanket and exposing the like, yeah. damage to her body. Yeah. Who is it? Um, like looking into the future and seeing herself there in not very many years time if she already feels because yeah. her mum uh, makes it makes a comment about um, well, you've been in the dance uh, company long enough, you know, and she kind of like, yeah, okay, like she's finally getting a break and it's, it's already seen as kind of late for her to be getting a break in the, in the mm-hmm. company. So, uh, am I going to be obsolete? Like, is it? Do I only have a couple of years left in this industry before I'm right sick in a hospital? You know, having been you know elbowed out of the industry. Right. It's such a dubious prize. 
right right like to, <laughs> so i have to achieve perfection right now because this might be the last chance that i get right and then right and it leads to madness right yeah and, to, and you've got yeah. to once you have that position you have to struggle to keep it mm -hmm. you know that none of these up and coming mm -hmm. young younger dancers are gonna usurp that position from you mm -hmm. what do we think about the the dance director the dance company director the <laughs> <laughs> you? don't you dare <laughs> let me guess i know it's wrong Rachel, you feel i know we all know <laughs> rachel we talked about this <laughs> i have issues <laughs> i understand kind of he reminded me of the um i can't remember his name in um in whiplash the um the conductor teacher character in whiplash Oh God! Like, oh, uh, Schillinger. <laughs> like, um, he'll never live that role down. No. I can't see. He's yeah, been. It's fine. <laughs> it's, all I ever see is like him being like telling that guy to put on the lipstick. Like I'll never see anything else. I know, me too. He's in like an insurance commercial, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> oh, I always see just see him as demanding pictures of Spider Man. That's how I'm always. Oh, uh, that's much more appealing. That's better. Yeah. that's better. Jade Jameson. But, yeah. 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 <laughs> But the the idea of um, uh, bullying somebody younger and more vulnerable to get perfection out of them, yeah, yep. The thing is, he's not wrong about her dancing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Right, like the way she actually did a pretty great job of having that like all technique, no feeling, uh -huh. right? Where it's thing like early on, and then in the final, in the finale, when she grows the black feathers, you can actually see her have some feeling. Yeah. Do we agree he was right? Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think his methods were horrendous. Right. Horrendous or sexy? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, all right, so we talked about just mom. We talked about of, um, uh, body dysmorphia, you know, tapestry. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. I mean, so much of kind of restrictive eating disorders can be for people about like the body itself being grotesque right right and like anything carnal or anything like denial of all appetites things right like there's no sex in her there's right. no whatever but there's something about that scene with the cake with mom yeah where mom wants to mm -hmm. feed her and she rejects her right. and then mom is like really fucked up at the rejection yeah mm -hmm. yeah um in all the scenes of mom dressing her. Yes. There is, mm -hmm. I mean, the old, there is some old psychoanalytic theory and about eating disorders being kind of like a way to remain uh, a child and dependent, which I think it's a lot more complicated than that. But this right. movie kind of does play with some elements of that in ways that I think are really interesting. I mean, the infantilization of her. Yeah. Very intense. Yeah. Like, like the forced infantilization. Right, like right. even playing the music mm -hmm. box for her before she falls oh, asleep yeah. at night. Final scene where there's like the headless music right. box. <laughs> the headless ballerina <laughs> moving around. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and then what about the end of the movie? Do we have anything we want to say about the end of the movie once he like achieves perfection? I mean, it's beautiful to look at. And the scene prior to that where she's in her dressing room and she based, like you see her murder Mila Kunis's character. I yeah. Mean, that's not actually what ends up happening, but that's what you see. And just like drag the body into the closet. And mm -hmm. I thought that all of that was really interesting. My general interpretation of this movie the second time through was not that she actually dies, but that she has killed her mother. <laughs> oh. Like that she's ki not not concretely killed her mother, but killed the part of herself that like 
was only there for her mother. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm. Or only there for someone else, right? Uh-huh. It's not great that this is the director that freed that, but better that Mila Kunis is the person that freed that, but like um, that there's something she had to find in herself to become adult. Uh-huh. And that that's the that was the perfection. Right. And like maybe unifying the two different versions of her. Like yeah. the, this perfect kind of juvenile one who strives to be the best for everybody else. And mm-hmm. then Mila's more emotional and yeah, into Desire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She has to kill that in order to become the full swan, both white and black. Right, because the white swan's like perfect and hollow. Right. And the black swan is like all feeling mm-hmm. kind of and mm-hmm. desire and that there's yeah, there's that unification. The only other thing I I really enjoyed about this movie was the use of goosebush. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how like we saw a physical manifestation, like anytime she actually felt something, like mm-hmm. like when you think about what causes you to get goosebumps, it's like sensation and desire or fear or like all these things that are like very primal feelings yeah that cause goose flesh and so to see that like as a way of telegraphing what's happening internally with her yeah it's a really good point a really cool effect Mm -hmm. um and like whenever you saw it like you were just like you know i mean it was just a it was a very cool effect yeah especially when there are moments that like her actual self is trying to emerge right yes like what was Mm -hmm. the thing in the bathtub where there was someone else in the like a woman right over her in the bathtub. I wondered that too. What was that supposed to be? Never, when she was taking the bath and she was like going that? under the water. I have no interpretation. And then there's like a flash that, yeah. of some other face. Is it her own? Maybe that was just another manifestation of seeing herself. I think. Uh huh. That makes rude. sense. So yeah. So it, it would have maybe been, um, maybe the two selves are being intertwined. So it would be her looking in the water and seeing her reflection, but actually she's now within the reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Awesome. I love this movie. Yeah. It is uh, a very artistic movie, but manages not to be totally up its own ass, which I appreciate. Right. Yeah. yeah. The performances are incredible. Mila Kunis is incredible in this. I don't know if we talked about her enough, but she's great. She's great in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She embodies that character of, of being like something desirable and full of desire very well. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. But effortless as, as well. Yeah. Right. They, you see her like where the director and Nina are watching her and he's like, look at her. And like, she's the only one that doesn't have a bun. Right. Yeah. Right. Like right. the hair. Yeah. Also out. from San Francisco. Also from San Francisco. <laughs> so she's like the object of just like queer, sort of subversive tattoo. Uh-huh. Like the a polar opposite of the sort of like upper west or upper east side, mm-hmm. west coast elite kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just like wild, sort of transgressive girl from San Francisco. Yeah, represent West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anything else about Black Swan before we move on to Baga? <laughs> I don't think so. So, who had not seen Mother before we watched it? I had time? not seen it. Okay. Oh, good. I hadn't. Oh, okay. good. I had. Okay. Oh, okay. good. <laughs> I still rewatched it. That's why I was so trepidatious about watching it again. <laughs> I remember the way that I came to about seeing this film for the first time is that I received a text from one Matilda saying, I just watched a movie and I really went through something. I need you to watch this. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I was like, I really went through something tonight. I think I said, like, I need a witness. I need yeah. a witness. What is, what is happening? Me. Awesome. All right. Who has the synopsis? Okay. Mother. 
um, was made in 2017, directed by Aronofsky, starring Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Ed Wood. Um, an acclaimed poet and his wife live a quiet life in a beautiful home in the country where the husband tries desperately to write while his wife painstakingly restores their home. But soon their marriage and tranquil life is tested when uninvited guests show up and threaten to destroy the life they've built. All right. <laughs> that shit gets real yeah, wacky. Well that, that's, my, that's my last sentence. <laughs> then weird shit starts happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, did, did you say Ed Wood? Instead of Ed Howe. Shit, yes, I did. <laughs> I don't know. I, I had written that down. And I was just like, it would have been a different movie. And, and, and listen, and Ariel's American. I would have been ready been for that one. movie too, though. Oh, thank say. you for catching that. <laughs> I would have been amazed. I was thinking, oh, man. Did I watch the wrong mother? <laughs> you saw mother? Question mark. <laughs> uh. Well, I thought about confusing you all saying that I do the. Uh, the synopsis for it, and then reading the one from the uh, Japanese movie Mother. Oh. <laughs> Just having you be like, wait, oh. what? <laughs> <laughs> so. We were already like, wait, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, really, truly, honestly, that I would not put it past. Like, I, this movie is so confusing, I don't even know which way is up anymore. Uh-huh. Arrow, what did you think of? I don't know. <laughs> stop saying like like that. It's so funny. I'll stop. Sorry. Sorry. Fair. Fair. Like, um. So I watched this by myself on, on a night when I couldn't really sleep. Oh dear. And I feel like that was a mistake because it was like experiencing a fever dream. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> like, I don't even know where to begin to break this movie down, other than. Like, I liked a lot of it, but I still, even, like, a week later, don't know how I felt about it exactly. I That's mean... That's totally fair. It's, like all of his other movies, like, the performances are amazing. It looks beautiful. I feel like, as a director, um, he's very literary. Like, there are so many metaphors and symbols and visual symbols, and um, that always makes his work really interesting. But I also feel like, like you said, I probably would have been well served if I had forced myself to watch it a second time before we recorded because I probably missed stuff yeah yeah <laughs> it's so polarizing I think this movie that um I read when it debuted at the Venice Film Festival it had it was both booed and had a standing ovation oh really mm -hmm. yeah I heard that too. that's interesting which makes a lot of sense to me I yeah. think that there's yeah. one of two ways like everyone's yeah. opinion about this movie is equally fucking valid yeah. like. <laughs> from like this movie should not exist to this is a glorious piece of art I think they're both correct totally and correct yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> although I think it should exist <laughs> um how about you Matilda how'd you do with the second time through it really grew on me, although I, I forgot some things and I was like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. And so I, I read some mm -hmm. things in, in the meantime. Oh, I read a lot about this and I don't know that it actually helped yeah. me at all. <laughs> and I really yeah, I, I watched a couple of YouTube videos about it. And... Yeah, <sighs> I kind of I want to recommend the Faculty of Horror podcast about okay. this movie, which okay. goes deep mm. into um, the yellow wallpaper. Okay. Which is a oh yeah. yeah right the Victorian short yeah. story yes uh -huh. um and also I guess Aronofsky cited the Giving Tree the yeah. Shel Silverstein book as uh -huh. one of mm -hmm. the I can see that I mean she's it, at the end she's like I gave you everything right I have and he's like one left. more thing please 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, th- one of my favorite, side thing on the giving tree, but one of my favorite things, have you ever seen those like children's books, fit, like better versions of children's books? No. <laughs> There's one for the giving tree and then the last page is like, and the tree was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I have to say, Mother made me wish I still had a- complete and full access to uh, JSTOR. What's uh, JSTOR? Oh, JSTOR is like a database for um, like articles and stuff from 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 like literary journals. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and art journals and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wish I had complete and total access to that because I would have been like, all right, let's let's look up some articles on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to get some of the Old Testament stuff from Rachel because, as we know, I was raised that you were not indoctrinated. I was not indoctrinated. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I had that same, same experience. Yeah. I talked to Rachel about it last weekend, and I was like, <laughs> I kept focusing on the paint and thinking about the yellow wallpaper, and I was like, Oh, it's totally that story. That's got to be what he's trying to say. And I missed everything biblical, basically. Right. Like mm-hmm. I didn't get the rib thing. I was like, Why does he have that cut on his side? What is that? Like, I didn't the see thing, the, the Cain and Abel stuff. Uh-huh. I saw, I got, like, the, the Mother Earth symbol, but I saw none of the biblical stuff. It just, like, flew completely oh, over my yeah. head. The mm-hmm. biblical stuff was pretty, like, on the nose. Well, yeah, now yeah. that I say it, like, like now that you said it, she's making a paradise for him. Right, like, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense. Um, I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was, yeah, not being raised religious at all or just me being blind. But I think so. so to break it down... God's a dick. His, uh, his, chil- his, his children, his children, and followers are assholes, and yeah. uh, they basically just, you know, rape and destroy. Well, they, there's no actual rape, but there's definitely like a lot of like you violation, know, yes. yeah, violation of of, yeah. of I mean, mother, unless you consider or, the house to be an extension and the home of her. that she right. yeah, for of us. Course. I think if you if you consider the house as a as like a, an appendage, like. There's definitely rape in this movie. Well, right, and the house oh, yeah, is definitely oh, yeah. a big I mean, rape they're, they're allegory. Out the walls, there's fighting in the kitchen. There's, you know, and then the thing with the baby was just like, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it got real. <laughs> and then the oh, yeah. post baby when they attack her, where yeah, that that, oh, that was God, the part was I forgot about. Watch. Yeah, that was the yeah. part I for, I had Me blacked too. out since last like, time. Yeah, like like y- you guys all know the kind of movies I watch and. I've seen some shit. <laughs> yeah. That was fucking hard yeah. to yeah. watch. Especially there's one scene where somebody like like stomp kicks at her face. Yeah. And, yeah. And it turns and you see just the boot print on the side of her face. Yeah. It's just like, oh. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like this is something Aronofsky does is he takes actors that are not known for movies that are horror or grotesque or anything like that. And he puts like beloved actors through things like this. Uh-huh. So like... Mm. Not to say that it would be less impactful if it was someone else, but there yeah. is this kind of like feeling about Jennifer Lawrence we might have yeah, like going a into this American or Natalie Portman. Like, kind of like you want to go get, yeah, like you want to hang out with her and go get pizza. She's like yeah. your your kid's sister. Yeah. yeah. And Jody, I remember you said you saw this in the theater the first yeah. time. Yeah. How that was right? your second time yeah. through? Oh gosh. Um. Well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, I saw it in the um in the cinema, and I I didn't. I semi knew what to expect because I saw the trailer for it. Um, I think when I saw it, and mm. it, the trailer played like a straight up horror movie, and I thought, "Oh, cool! Darren is just making a straight up horror movie. Cool, awesome! I can't wait to see that." And then I remember hearing an interview interview with him on the radio, and um, 
I think this must have been after Venice because he said that it had been very divisive and, and he kind of said something along, along the lines of, oh, people who don't like it just don't get it. And I thought, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I, I already hate this movie. But then I went to see it <clears throat> and I'm glad that I knew that going in, actually, because I don't know if I would have picked up on the allegory, uh, well, many allegories mm -hmm. um, going into it. Um, and I probably would have ended up hating it too, just going, I didn't know what that was about. And I hate, and, but um, I, I can't, I, I was, okay. I was trying to describe this movie to uh, to my boyfriend the other day, and I said, "Oh, it's kind of an ordeal." And he was like, "Oh, cool! Is it super violent?" And I went, "No, no, not really," because I'd forgotten basically the last twenty. Yeah. I remembered it being pretty chaotic. I didn't remember any of that violence. I didn't remember her getting stomped. No. Yeah, I didn't remember. Um, I remembered the. Ba I didn't remember what happened to the baby. Oh um, shit! Yeah. So, so, <laughs> or the publicist just shooting people in the head. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, wig, just like execution style, so, like okay. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't. I, I remembered it being an ordeal, but I didn't remember it being a violent, a violent ordeal uh, towards the end. Um, and this, th there's lots of different uh, kind of uh, parables I guess you could take out of this movie. And I think in lesser hands, it could have been really. Um, I mean, it's chaotic, but it, it could have been just everything thrown at the wall and nothing is really sticking. But actually, I think this movie is kind of brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, I did not enjoy watching it, which is like right. we talk about horror movies all the time and we talk about, oh, this movie was really rough. But actually, I can't, like you, you still kind of get something out of watching uh, something really violent, like, you know, like Sarah. You know, we always joke about that you love Necromantic 1 and 2. And it's not that you love watching that kind of movie, but you still, as a horror fan, get something positive out of or something cathartic or so something releases when you watch a movie. But this was just this is brutal and i and i had this the exact same because in, in the cinema i was just kind of like shrinking into my seat going oh, i don't like it i don't like it i don't like it stop it stop it stop it and i had the exact same reaction at home as well watching it today yeah. um i i guess my my one of my main takeaways from it um is also being in a not not to this level but a similar kind of relationship where you've got someone who doesn't empathize with your trauma and just like can you ask these people to leave now, please? Because you're not listening to me when I say I don't really want them here. Yeah. Um, and and you mentioned the yellow wallpaper, and I think that's very interesting because I, I hadn't spotted the first time that there's yellow kind of like throughout this movie. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess most notably on the walls when she's painting the walls. Right. But and also drink the drink. I, the drink is... Yeah, the drink, and there's yes. lamps, and there's the lemons, and there's the uh, there's yellow underwear, and it's it's sprinkled into to an otherwise kind of like grey and brown sort of palette. But because um, the yellow wallpaper is all about, you know, obviously an oppressive husband and, you know, society not really taking uh, the character seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and that's and that's definitely uh, prevalent in this. Um, and I think one of the maybe more simple allegories is, is a rape allegory uh, going through this movie. Yeah. Um, so the, the the scene where there's the blood on the floor uh, going through the uh, through the floorboards. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the body um, horror of the house. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then that wound gets bigger and then it just mm -hmm. gets kind of covered up with the rug. And um, and also, um, and again, going back to what we were saying just now about the fly, I don't know if this is deliberate, but then she goes down to the basement and sees sees the blood dripping through, which is, that looked like a visual callback to Alien, which is also a movie uh -huh. about rape and invasion as well. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, and then the idea of trauma just being kind of covered up and buried and then forgotten about and hoping that it will get better and then it won't and it's just always there and it'll just come out another way. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know if you guys read, read that. And, um, <clears throat> and yeah, the biblical stuff, I guess, is pretty obvious now that I because I knew about it going in, I, I, I saw it, and I don't think I would have otherwise. 
but in the last kind of half hour, I don't know. I don't know if there's supposed to be more uh, kind of allegorical stuff going on. I don't know if there's meant to be like New Testament stuff in the second half of the movie or um, a bit. I mean, in or terms more kind of, of historical like, or I mean, like in terms of like the the sacrifice of his son and then the like mm. the eating of the child is communion. Right. Like that. Okay. Oh, because yeah. uh-huh. by then I was just and, going, oh, yeah. they're eating. They're eating the child. They're eating and, the flesh of life and living out his memory. Right. And, yeah. This is my flesh, mm-hmm. this is my blood, that whole jam. Sure. Well, and he had also right. talked about this very much as like an ecological. Yeah, it's also an environmental sort of right. cautionary yeah, tale. You can totally well, it, see it that is. Too. I mean, yeah. you, you have all these people. It's basically overpopulation destroying what Mother Earth has given us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's also um, a uh, reaction to Noah because, like, you know, I, I knew a lot of people that are very, like, you know, hardcore christian that went and saw noah and were like oh you know it's such a great movie you know such a great biblical movie and you know noah was about how we are the stewards of of the earth and we need to take care of it and i knew a lot of people that took it as we're the stewards of the earth so we can do what we want with it because god will god will you know make it better in the end Hmm. so yeah we can frack because you know yeah, God's going right. to keep taking care of us, <clears throat> right? Okay. And, and so I think that w- I think in some ways, mother might have been a a reaction statement to the miscalculate the uh, misrepresentation of the message a lot of people took from Noah. Mm-hmm. And Interesting. And it's the sink, that, you know, because do, do you think because... the sink is a is a callback to Noah? The sink flooding. Oh yeah, we have the mm-hmm. blood, and, and, but also it's kind yeah. of like a dual metaphor between that and like the ice shelf, right? Like, sure, right. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely because that's the the blood is when like he finally like kicks every he like it wipes out the population of the house, right? And it just mm-hmm. leaves mm-hmm. behind them briefly, and then new life is born, the kid, and then we have the new, you know what I mean? And then the population expands, and we get the New Testament stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, ugh, man, oh, man. There's so many interesting yeah. interpretations of this. My favorite that I read, so I cannot take credit for having come up with this, was the horror of a domestic life and how she's, like, imprisoned in the home and that, like, all of her life is done to kind of create, like, it's all in service to this other person who never appreciates it. Mm-hmm. And, like, so ultimately it becomes this hollow effort. Right. And I was just like... Mm. That to me is a very interesting interpretation of the right. Because yeah, she, she never, because yeah. she never leaves the house, and any time no. he leaves and she tries to kind of go after it, it's like she cannot, she cannot right. leave. Mm-hmm. So that she'd be like in in the way that what women are potentially demonized for leaving the house and having careers and yeah. instead of children or mm-hmm. right. Well, and there's mm. like this is sort of like the behind every great man there is a great woman taken to its like most horrific conclusion. Mm. Right. Yeah, and also with the, the the general horror trope of um, the husband not listening to the wife. Ooh, yes, yeah. that's true. That is very effective in this movie. The level of mm. kind of the, like the the ongoing horror of like needing to get your partner's attention when you're in distress in yes. a social situation and you yes. can. Because how many times does he go? Oh, I'll just be right back. I'll just yeah. be a minute. They just want to see the baby. Just yeah. The, to yeah. me, the most mm-hmm. horrifying yeah. scene in this entire movie is when he pulls up the chair to watch her fall asleep, fall asleep and then snatches the baby. Yep. That is the mm-hmm. most, to me, the most horrific thing. And like where he go, where he is like his true villainous nature is exposed. Mm-hmm. Like his greed for adulation, his greed for the like 
the attentions and the worship <clears throat> of these people mm-hmm. like is so intense that he snatches his own child and sacrifices it. It is a, this is a pretty intense indictment of like Judeo Christian yeah. mythology, right. like, yeah. <laughs> which I was kind yeah. of into. Well, yeah, yeah, I wasn't mad his at role it. is the because his, his role is the creator, right? So, um, so he it, it doesn't matter what gets destroyed in the process; he can just create again and just start again. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like his character is named him with a capital H. Yes, yeah. He's the only one who's capitalized in the credits. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Can we talk about how fucking terrifying Michelle Pfeiffer is in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, Catwoman is yeah. scary. <laughs> I think of her in Greece too. So I was right? like, God damn. <laughs> we're a far range from Cool Rider. Like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> she's great. Yeah, she's great in this. She's fantastic in this. Yeah. She is really intense. Um, like her ability to go from like kind of sweet and cajoling to sinister and cruel mm. is mm-hmm. yeah pretty great pretty yeah. intense like i kind of i i'm like okay come on back michelle Pfeiffer. we are ready for more of this like mm-hmm. where has this been hiding yeah yeah and so um, do you think they were drinking gin uh you know as the lemonade oh because that's mother because that's mother's ruin right oh that's so interesting oh. mm. i think i mean not right. talking about gin all the time i, I do like gin but, uh... <laughs> 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 yeah that's that's actually a really good. I bet that that's true. Yeah, mm. I know that. Like in some interpretations of the forbidden fruit, the forbidden fruit is not actually an apple; it's a lemon. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, like the idea yeah. of like the lemons being strewn around the house by the Eve yeah. character is kind of mm-hmm. an allusion to yeah her. And then also when she goes upstairs and destroys the or drops the the, the thing and they get kicked out of paradise. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is also interesting in this movie that I feel like both in this and Black Swan, the level of ordeal he puts the leads through is so intense, but I feel like it's, you'd never lose empathy for them. No. And I don't know if part of that is the camera angles. Like you're over in both of them, you're over their shoulder a lot. Right. The close, mm-hmm. the nature of like the close ups and particularly in mother. Right. Like you're the close so, face work in both of them. She's so omnipresent. Like yeah. you, there's never a moment you can't just identify with her. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that. And it, it struck me during um, Black Swan, especially in the kind of dance rehearsal scenes where you're on her face a lot. And I thought, why aren't they showing her legs? Is it because she's not really dancing? And then I thought, oh, well, it's it's, it's that kind of zoomed in vulnerability. Right. I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column Right. You're trying to see her. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they, they get away with it. But you actually, it's ballet, but you get to see the struggle, which you're not supposed to see. Mm. Right. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind of like screwed up face and the kind of like straining against the pain. and Right. Whereas like the zoomed out in mother, like the audience can see Jennifer Lawrence's distress so clearly, even if mm-hmm. him does not. Him does not. Yeah. I just feel like, I mean, there are a lot of movies that effectively capture dreamlike qualities. But, like, none has ever evoked the same kind of feelings of, like, truly capturing what my nightmares are like. Because mm. my nightmares yeah. typically, like, I have really fun ones that are, like, monster horror movie ones. And those I love. But the true, like, nightmares that I that I wake up shook from are the ones where, like, I am in distress and people are ignoring me. Or like think I, it's funny. Yeah. I have do. dreams yeah. where I'm, like, they usually entail my mother or my boyfriend 
where I'm really upset about something. And the more upset and animated I get, the colder they become. Yep. To the point where they literally Ooh. will turn their backs to me. Wow. And will not okay. hear me. This is a this is a reoccurring style of dream mm-hmm. that I have. And so her level of like confusion and despair when he just is not listening, like it just resonated so powerfully mm-hmm. that like I understand why people didn't like this movie, but to those who don't, but like I found this movie to be completely undeniable. Like it, I cannot deny yeah. the yeah. excellence of this movie because it is it just absolutely hit me in the most visceral way. This yeah. movie yeah, me too. makes mm-hmm. my neurons itch. Like you know how you said mm, yeah. society is a sweaty movie? This is an itchy movie. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, what a great way of putting it. No, I felt that too. It really mm-hmm. touched the nerve. Like, it's, even in just those early scenes before it's really kicked off, when he's like, oh, of course you can stay. And you just see her face go, <clears throat> and he looks at her right in front of, uh, right in front of um, uh, the Adam character. I mean, that's okay, isn't it? Like, we've got plenty of room. And she's like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, it puts you know. her on the spot. And, and yeah. again, it's that, it's that femininity. It's that, yeah. you know, that you're supposed to be caring, you're supposed to be nurturing, you're supposed to right. to be hospitable and non-argumentative yeah. and, and self-denying. Not fuss and, yeah. And, yeah. 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 And, but then also just like, you're not listening to me. And then when she does get him in private, look, who are these people? They're strangers in the house. Oh, but they're just, you know, they're friendly. He's a doctor. Like, what's the big deal? And then it, it takes uh, complete chaos for her to scream, get out. And it's only then that he's like, okay, fine, get out. But it's still, it's still, um, it, it's still seen as unreasonable that, and, and, and the fact that the whole time she, he's being toasted for his kindness and his benevolence and she's like you are ruining my house i just want some peace and quiet right the poet totally said we could touch up. it the poet said it's for everybody yeah he said we right. should share yeah. and, and how mm-hmm. yeah and when um uh, he says something like oh I'm, I'm such a big fan your words have really changed my life and the idea that okay great but but those are just words like i fucking built this house right <laughs> i'm trying to make it really really lovely for it. you've just written something down and uh, and then she because um, she says something about uh, um, when she's trying to get them to leave. Oh, but what about your writing? And he's like, oh, well, I was quite enjoying not thinking about my writing, actually. So it becomes important when he thinks it's important and not when she does. And maybe she tries to kind of use that against him to get rid of them. And then when uh, when they do leave and then they uh, they find out that they're pregnant. So he runs away to write again. And even in the best circumstance, he's not meeting her emotional needs so like just on the surface this could easily just be a a drama about marital breakdown yes Mm -hmm. but it's also such a great drama about like what it means to be a muse yeah and Mm. what a dismissed and completely in the service of the great thinker this is which right you know, like like you're saying, Jody. As soon as she gets pregnant, he's like, "I have to." I get, he gets the writing fever and has to, yeah. you know, sequester himself mm-hmm. and ignore the fact that she's pregnant. You know to go what write this about makes it. me think of now that you're saying this is like this argument. A lot of times you have abusive, artistic men. Yeah, like the Woody, what's his face, Alan, Alan, and like, you know, like over and over and over again, the argument is like. Well, they're brilliant men, or like Picasso. They're, she talks about this in um, uh, what's Nanette? Nanette. Like the brilliance too. of the man, and like what you're saying is the value of this man and his artistic endeavors are actually more valuable mm. than the woman. And it's kind of like a metaphor for like it's it's not a metaphor. It is like a depiction of that idea right. of that concept, or like that that 
that French writer that recently said women over 50 are useless to him. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, who was he, that? He likes younger women because they they mm. uh, they look to him for uh, for guidance and, oh and older my women God. are fixed, who are says fixed that in their shit opinions unbendable. That should be your secret shame, dude. Don't say that out loud. That's embarrassing. That's actually more self-aware than yeah, but, most people. Yeah. Uh huh. That's right. They're easily that's really impressed. Yeah. It's really interesting that you mentioned that, Rachel, because there's a um, there's a, also a repulsion, Rosemary's Baby kind of uh, angle as well. And um, uh huh. This movie works on so many levels. I feel like, like I know I said how like. Uh, Black Swan's not totally up its own ass. Like, I can see why people might feel like this movie definitely is. But I also feel like it actually it it has, I think the problem is it almost has too much to say versus it has, it doesn't quite nail it. Like, it's just doing doing so much, but like, I actually find the layers really fun to sort of peel back and yeah. unpack. And no, Normally I would think that, um, there is too much and maybe it's less than some of its parts but i think it, it just works like it, mm-hmm. I, I don't ever feel like none of the ideas are explored enough right and that there's too much going on because they all kind of work for me I, and i feel like yeah you could read it you could almost take whatever reading you want that's amazing i guess i could see how when it starts to get a bit more chaotic and a bit more surreal in the in the final kind of half hour i could see people maybe switching off like when it becomes less like you know there's trash fires going on in the house and people getting shot in the head and yeah you know, I, I, the baby getting torn apart and I, I guess i could see someone <laughs> checking out yeah yeah, yeah. Well, like overall now that you've seen them both again together is there any sort of like larger meta like overarching ideas that that kind of coalesce with these two movies i i guess the main comparison i drew was um, yeah just about women putting themselves through ordeals for other for other people not specifically men but just for for uh, for other people other people's benefit physical and emotional ordeals which is the reason that Matilda picked them in the first place i guess yeah <laughs> cuz cuz on, on the surface i guess you may, you might not compare these two like there are other Aronofsky movies that would maybe pair up better because i think did you say that you wanted to do was it this or black swan that was the first kind of and then you were trying to pick another movie to go with i was thinking about like mother and black swan or mother and requiem for a dream okay um also an audition also an audition. <laughs> yeah i don't know if i could sign up yeah. for requiem for a dream yeah. a second time oh i do love that movie yeah, it's so good but man oh, it's it's one of my favorites but it is hard to watch yeah Ooh. yeah also yeah, Jared I feel like this was bad that. enough asking you all to do this. But <laughs> I mean, I kind of one of the things I love about his movies is how many layers there are, mm-hmm. right? Like how many different they're so satisfying to watch and then talk about. Yeah. Some movies you're like, OK, we have consensual reality after we all saw that. These I don't know, like yeah. different people see different things. Um, They're really interesting. I did want to recommend a, um, an article that. Um, I came across in looking at these uh, from the New Yorker from 2017 an article by Alexandra Schwartz called Darren Aronofsky's mother has a muse problem and she kind of does oh. a deep dive into the muse question Ooh. Um, and okay. she comes out in a place uh, probably different a little harsher than I would come out about it mm-hmm. um, and I don't know I can't remember 
right now as I'm looking at this, whether she talks about the kind of like life imitating art problem around mother. Right, because that's his real life partner at the time. At the time who ended up afterwards, Jennifer Lawrence was like, we broke up partially because I could not hear about critics misunderstanding him anymore. Yeah. Like <laughs> that would be pretty fucking unbearable. Yeah. I have to say. Like yeah. it, like it when I heard it I'm I was a tortured like artist. but it felt like yeah, I can yeah. see that. Like Right, I, and she doesn't read reviews of things she does, she says, so like which she is the really way to didn't want to. No yeah. comments, no reviews, keep it moving. Right. So it's tough when you're yeah. making a movie about like an asshole who has a muse, right? That yeah. he tortures to and like And you're dating an asshole in your his movies. Date the much younger lead in your movie. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she was great in this, though. She was. She was great. Yeah. I feel like there's a Jennifer Lawrence backlash that's happening, which bums me out. Yeah. Because I love her. I love her. Yeah, I mean, like the fucking people in her house, like, we just can't have anything nice. Mm-hmm. We have to, like, build up and destroy everything, including our actors. Mm-hmm. Our well, I mean, it, it, again, it, it's the same thing with Jennifer's body and uh, uh, what's her name? Diablo Cody? Uh, no, no, well, Diablo Megan Cody and, and the other one. Megan Fox? Who? Yeah, Megan Fox, yeah. I mean, at the time Jennifer's body came out, both of them were so, like, oversaturated in the media. And, you know, you just got to a point where you're just like, oh, fuck off, both of you. And, you know, you just got sick of, of hearing their names, hearing them talk. You know, the same thing happened with, with uh, Lena Dunham. Um, I feel like these are different things. <laughs> well, I mean, Lena Dunham kind of put kind of put herself out there for that, but I mean, it, but at the Lena same Dunham time, Lena Dunham has a like, white feminist you know, problem. Yeah, <laughs> Lena Dunham has a white feminist problem. <laughs> that too, several white or, feminist but, uh, problems. I actually, I do not feel but, that way about Dakota or Diablo Cody, or I feel like Diablo Cody and Megan Fox were vilified by gross dudes. I totally do not feel like think, they oversaturated. I think they were totally targeted and victimized by guys who did not want them taking up space and wanted Megan Fox to shut her fucking mouth and be pretty and sexualized for them. Mm-hmm. Actually, like the Megan Fox thing, I my blood pressure is rising because like she just she she spoke before Me Too and got her career destroyed for it. Like she, but, but, but no, but what I'm saying though is yeah. that there was there was that that backlash going on at the time and there was that that started too with jennifer lawrence you know i mean she had been in what silver linings playbook uh-huh. the the one in it the the creepy love story in space one Ugh, uh, Chris there, Pratt. Were like, there were like three other there were like three other movies that all came out like at the same time that like american her. hustle or whatever that yeah yeah and good. and then and then this one on top of it and i think you know it was just an oversaturation and then you have her in this weird kind of, you know artsy film that not everybody's you know it's it's not linear it doesn't make any sense and you know there's all this symbolism going on and all this weird shit going on and people are just like fuck this fuck her i'm out yeah i just feel like we like to build things up and destroy them like mm-hmm. it gets get a little yeah. too successful and we're like tear it down especially women tear i was gonna down. say everything we're talking everybody we're talking about is woman however and i feel like this Mm -hmm. is mostly a problem in underrepresented groups like with women with people of color with yeah right like yeah yeah 
Um, you tend to you like tend nobody's to, tearing like, down in, fucking in, Chris in, Pratt. In, he deserves to be torn down. Right. <laughs> no one's yeah. tearing down I mean, Russell in, Crowe. In, yeah. in, in pop culture as a whole, you see it with women in sports. You definitely see it a lot more. Like you know, um, like LeBron James. People want to tear down LeBron James. They want him to fail. They want Kobe to fail. Yeah. They want Tom Brady to fail. You know, it's the it's the people that are on the top of their game that you want to see fall. The people of color are unexcused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Tom Brady can get torn down on a good But well, yeah, I don't know. All right. So if you enjoyed our, our discussion of Black Swan and Mother, or you thought we like missed something really important, or you just want to share your thoughts on the movies, you can let us know. You can email us at rachelzombiegirls.com, or you can hit us up on our Facebook page. Uh, we do lurk on there and love to hear from you guys. So send us a message, and we'll read it on the show. We'll discuss it, and that'll be fun, and everyone will enjoy it, or they'll fast forward through it. Whatever. It's your own adventure. <laughs> okay, so that leads us to the ZGBG. Jody, tell us about the ZGBG. Sure. Okay. And uh, that reminds me, you just mentioned Facebook, Rachel. Um, we got um, a great response to uh, the one time I remembered to put the ZGBG on Facebook ahead of time, um, which was, I think it was Shark Horror. Um, and we got some good um, oh, yeah. good interaction from our listeners. Yeah. And they gave us some ideas that we read out. And uh, especially um, we had um, some good engagement from the, uh, the Shamehole episode. So um, in light of that, we're going to announce our next ZGBG uh, now, <laughs> ahead of time. Okay, um, good idea. <laughs> good idea, right? That was my idea. Um, so we're going to do uh, so sort of a uh, virus, illness, sickness, disease-related horror. All right. So because we did body horror, but maybe this is narrowing it down a little to um, yeah, viruses and illnesses and any sort of like you know contagion-based horror. So okay. send us your ideas. Um, put what them about on the parasites? Parasites yeah, parasites count? would work too. Okay, yeah, cool. sure. Okay. Yeah, any sort Thank of like, uh, yeah. I uh, know which one you're thinking of, Rachel. I don't even know which one I'm thinking <laughs> Oh, wait, I think I do know. Oh, <laughs> basket case one, two, and three. That six. was a message from oh. Sarah <laughs> uh, from the future. Like, just told me. <laughs> cool, yeah. So um, I'll, I'll, um, I'll try and put a reminder on Facebook, but then people can. Um, can comment with their suggestions or they could um, email us um, at rachel at zombiegirls.com but for this episode and uh, we may or may not have done this topic already we've discussed that but who cares we'll just do it a second time (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably going to pick the exact same movie right yeah yeah this is going to be no no insight I really think you should watch them (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, so the topic for this episode is folk horror and when I did some Googling um, for some like ideas of folk horror, I got a different type of movie than I thought I was going, uh, than what yeah. I had thought folk horror was. Really? I don't know if you guys um, did that. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking kind of like forest-based, um, you know, pagan sort of based, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't know, like um, non-Christian religion-based horror. But I was getting a lot of kind of, I guess this does tie in, but a lot of sort of sixties and seventies like Hammer movies, like Witchfinder mm, General. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't Master have Roger. thought. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I wouldn't have thought of those at all. So I don't know how you guys um, pitched these. Um, yeah, it was broader but, when I googled kind of for mm. ideas. It was much broader than I thought, and I was also getting a lot of possession movies, which I guess oh, okay. interesting. Right. Like I guess falls in the same kind of. But it, it yeah. seems to me folk. I mean, I guess the witch is considered folklore, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but I guess I you know, so. but that's pagan as well. Yeah, like I, I feel like <laughs> yeah. it has to be some sort of 
pagan vibe. Yeah. I think for, for me, it was like muddy horror. So kind of like oh, wood, woodland-based, muddy, which maybe has an element of folklore about it. Okay. Horror. But maybe that's just because of the movies I picked. <laughs> but, but, but could it when i think folklore i think like not only like we'll just say old-time religion mm. based but you're saying stuff based on, on legends so i mean i could mm. i could think of one in particular that probably wouldn't be on anybody's list that okay. definitely going on mine now okay. <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> now <laughs> i'm excited yeah, yeah. <laughs> sarah why don't you go first in that case oh okay well, my first one is sugar sugar hill yeah, some 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 uh, drug dealers kill kill um, this woman's husband or her mm-hmm. boyfriend. Can't remember which, but uh, she goes to her. I think it's her aunt, who's a, a voodoo queen, and uh, becomes this gets this alter ego, uh, Sugar Hill, who s- seeks revenge on the men who murdered her man. Mm. Uh, Really great film, a lot of fun, uh, amazing clothes. Yeah, but uh, definitely, definitely check that one out. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Number two is I can never remember how to say it. Uh, Latan, Latan. It's from 1982. It's a French movie, and it's about this couple who are on this island, uh, Latan, and they happen to be there during a local festival called the Festival of the Dead, mm. and it's about what happens to them while they're on this island and then mm. number number three is digging up the marrow oh interesting Jeez, i don't think i've seen any of the ones you've <laughs> digging up the marrow yeah. i liked that movie yeah because i mean digging up the the marrow is um oh i can't remember his name the, adam uh, green adam green yeah adam green is bas- basically gets contacted by this guy who's like hey you know, I got something that you need to see, and he starts going out with him to the middle of the woods to like film this, to film real monsters, and they don't really see anything. And he keeps, and he's starting to think this guy's full of shit, especially once he finds out that he's um, contacted like other uh, directors within the genre, and all of them are just like, yeah, that dude's a quack. But it's. Definitely interesting, definitely worth watching, and definitely a different take on monster movies. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Um, Sarah, how do you spell Latan? I can't find it. L-I-T-A-N. Ah. It's, um, honestly, oh, you're pro- right. probably the only place you're going to find it is, like, a bootleg of a bootleg on YouTube. Right. I don't think it's available, like, anywhere. Okay, sure. I can at least add it to, to the list. I was looking for Latan. I wasn't finding it. Okay. Cool. Um, should we go reverse alphabetical? Do you want to go next, Rachel? Sure. Um, I have a bunch, so I was hoping to narrow some of them down, but <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my first one is the movie that I always recommend because I'm obsessed with it, and I really, really, really hope we cover it someday on the show, which is the movie Kill List. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is uh, about these two hitmen. They have a hit. They have a hit go wrong, and a year later. They get a new assignment that is going to have some, like, big payoff. They just have to do these two killings. Um, but pretty soon, things start getting weirder and weirder with these killings. And it delves into political killer territory. 
I love this movie. I recommend this movie, like, I feel like every other episode because I just love mm-hmm. it so much. But um, this is one of my favorite folk horror movies. Obviously, number one is going to be, you know, Wicker Man, whatever. But, but Kill It. <laughs> kill That'll it. be the one nobody picks. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, I, I understand this is a beginner's guide, but, like, I feel like we all know the, the Wicker Man is a flop. And now I can say I've seen it. Huh. Yes. <laughs> um, Welcome, welcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I'm not a person to judge other people's shame holes because you know mine are the biggest and the deepest. <laughs> but welcome. Um, the next movie I picked is a movie called The Shrine. Has everybody seen yeah, this? Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So it's about this journalist goes missing in this Eastern European village, and uh, these other journalists go there to try to find him. When they get there, like everybody's very hostile to them. And there's, like, these deep woods. And in the woods, there's, like, this pillar of smoke coming out of the middle of it. So they find out that he had gone to, I don't know, the original person had gone and disappeared in the woods. So they go into the woods, and they find him. And it gets wacky. So I would definitely recommend The Shrine. And what am I going to pick for my third one? Oh, I, oh it's so hard. There's so many choices. Um... <laughs> I'm going to try to pick something I haven't picked in the past, which is a movie called The Borderlands. It's also known as Final Prayer. Has anybody seen Oh, is that the one with Sean Austin? Or Astin, or whatever his name is? I don't think... About the Mexican cartel? No. Nope. Mm -mm. Sorry. Okay. Um, This one is about these, um, like, these Vatican investigators go to this church in, like, this remote area. I think it's in somewhere in the U.K., um, because there's like maybe a haunting happening there and they want to debunk the haunting. Um, but when they get there, things look pretty haunted, but it actually isn't what you think. There's something else going on there that's more ancient, let's say. Those are my mm-hmm. picks. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, Miss Hilda, what are yours? So I feel like there are just a handful of these that are like pretty obvious picks and some of mine are going to be that. Yeah. Um, okay. So like for me, I mean, I am an apologist for this movie because it was the slumber party jam when I was a kid, but well, like Children of the Corn is yes. very much. Very good. Yeah, that's yeah. I, when I saw that, I was like, I know Matilda's going to pick Children of the Corn. I mean, the thing about He Who Walks Behind the Rose is yeah. genuinely creepy. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I picked was The Witch, which I know Sarah just saw. Excellent choice. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other one that I wanted to recommend that's pretty recent is Apostle. Um, yes. That yeah, was on my, I don't know if it made my 2018 list or not, but the more I think about that movie, the more the folk horror, I don't want to, it will spoil it to talk about any folk horror element, but like that is really the best part of the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. The folk horror part. Yeah, Would you agree? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so the images are... in that movie are, are really creepy and have stuck with me. Yeah, but... Yeah, you gotta... You should watch it, Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I Like I said, I have to watch it by myself so I can be in complete control of the remote. <laughs> you got, yeah, you're gonna have to get through, through some torture parts to well, get to the Well, there's also court. animal violence, you said. So maybe I would watch right. it with you so mm-hmm. you could be my, like, don't look. <laughs> the guide through the movie. Right. My issue is that things then are you'd gone have to five watch minutes after. Yeah. Oh, oh, right, right, right. That's right. Okay, never mind. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if people haven't checked that one out, I recommend sticking with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have to get through the first, like, 
20 or so minutes to get yeah I see I, I think saying. I only got five minutes in I just kind of like wasn't wasn't in the mood yeah I'd like to revisit it for sure it takes a turn like no hmm. cousin Matthew yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> you definitely feel that way <laughs> but it's interesting and it has a an interesting ending I wasn't expecting like it, it yeah. comes out a bit different than I was mm-hmm. anticipating mm-hmm. Hmm. when you hmm, said it was cool. I had a Lovecraft thing I was like well now I know the way it ends like, <laughs> because all of them, they all end exactly the same, sadly. <laughs> cool. Ariel, do you want to go next? Yeah, so I don't have a lot left. Oh, um, no. Yeah. No, 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 it's fine. I have synopsis of <laughs> um, Yeah, so I picked The Witch. Excellent Which choice. is a great movie. And, I mean, yeah. Sarah already talked about that today. So, but it's. I think it's a really good example and, and really interesting watch. Um, I also picked the Blair Witch Project because it definitely has Ooh, some yeah. Yeah. Good yes. folk elements. And I think I was like 13 or 14, I want to say, when that came out. And so it was like a very big moment for me. Yeah. You know, like looking forward to this movie coming out. Um, Burn Witch Burn. Now, this one isn't as much like the kind of pagan stuff. It's more voodoo. Um, but it's a really good movie. And it's written by... Um, Charles Beaumont and Richard Matheson, who did a lot of like the best Twilight Zone episodes. So it's really well written. And it, mm. I think it, you guys might even find it interesting because um, it's basically about this woman who sort of practices voodoo ritual stuff and she uses it to kind of help her husband. But then her husband's a dick and like destroys all of her stuff. And then bad things start happening. So yeah, it's a really good movie. Okay, so this again is sort of maybe more like folk horror adjacent but i think rachel you've seen this movie the whisper in darkness it was made oh, by the hp lovecraft yes historical society mm-hmm. um so it's a great movie i just watched it again um recently because it's it's so entertaining but it basically is a folklore professor trying to investigate culty stuff it's a great movie yeah it really is and mm-hmm. they they filmed the whole thing um i think they call it like mythoscope or something like that where they're using like a mixture of like modern and old fashioned sort of filming techniques to make it look like an old movie from like the 30s and 40s. Um, so it's it's really cool. Cool. Oh, I've never heard of, um, mm-hmm. of, of those two last ones. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Ariel. Well, well mine got picked, didn't they? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's not true. Uh, I, I did have um, Blair Witch and the Witch on my list uh, and Kill List. I, I but, heard um, I, I heard Blair Witch get crossed <laughs> out on your side. Yeah, I got plenty of honorable mentions, so that's okay. Um, so um, I'm surprised you didn't pick the Ritual, Rachel. I thought that would have been, but I guess we've recommended that loads. It's so. I, I was gonna say yeah. it if it didn't get mentioned in my honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, and the Wicker Man, I guess, uh, didn't get picked either. But um, yeah, that that will definitely be on our honorable mentions. Uh, but pretty obvious one i guess um so uh the first one uh i picked was um this irish movie called wakewood which mm, i think i've yes. probably heard of, i heard about from you guys i think it's got um, yeah that was actually on my list mm, yeah it's got um little finger from game of thrones and uh, uh this couple moved to this small village after they um they lose their daughter um to try and help with the grieving process and then they they hear about this kind of oh well you know if you didn't get to say goodbye you can you can um have three more days to sort of say goodbye to to your lost loved one but there's nothing kind of like magical or ethereal about it it's really like like she's being birthed again and it's just really kind of like raw bloody process and um yeah it just wasn't what i was expecting um so uh, i thought that was pretty good um 
The next one, this is kind of just a cautious recommend just because it's it's interesting and I don't think many people have seen it. Um, it's a movie called Sauna. I think it's also maybe called Evil Rising. Yeah, I keep meaning to watch this movie. Is it good? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so it's um, these two brothers. I think it's um, I think it's Swedish uh, or Finnish maybe. And it's these two brothers who are um, kind of marking the border between um, uh, between Finland and Russia, um, like kind of old, old style, like mapping out the the border. And they find this mysterious village. Um, and there's this um, this sauna where you can like kind of wash away your sins, and then they they kind of get you know like haunted by the kind of like things in their past. Pretty interesting and pretty different. Um, I, I feel like I remember it being not wholly satisfying at the very end, but something a little bit different. I would recommend it. Um, and uh, my final pick is a Japanese movie called Onibaba, uh, which I, I think I, I I want to do an episode on it one day. Um, it's these um, a mother and daughter. Um, kind of living out in the woods and they uh they kind of kidnap and kill samurai and steal their armor to uh, to steal their armor but then there's this maybe a demon lurking kind of like in the reeds and in the bamboo and it's it's full of this i mean it's black and white but you can kind of feel the the greenness of the movie because you see this kind of like masked figure ducking in and out of the uh like reeds and tall grass and it's it's very very spooky and very atmospheric cool those are my picks uh and then wicked man and ritual if they didn't get if they didn't get picked yeah uh did you guys have any others that uh that you want to mention i did have a couple okay um sounds like you had a long list rachel but you you, you've been on record as saying you really like this um this is this is one this one of my favorite subgenres but like for the most part it's between all of us we kind of covered most of them but i did have a couple extra ones um the first one is jug face which i've definitely talked about before which is the okay, like yeah. backwoods. That's yeah, that's a that's a great one. Um, and then the other one that didn't get covered was Black Death. Has anybody else seen oh, this? Oh yeah. No. Oh the sh- the yeah. Sean yes. one. Oh wait, yeah. yes, I have that seen that movie. That actually was originally on my list. Mm. I forgot about that's a yeah, great it's a movie. Great I keep forgetting about that movie. It's good. Have you heard of it's it's better than you would than you would assume. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah, and it's like the plague, <laughs> and there's like a town that is the one town that's like untouched by the plague, and there hmm. might be witchcraft and sort of folk magic happening there that's preventing it and uh it's pretty great it's pretty fucked up mm-hmm. yeah in the end you're just like damn damn <laughs> damn that's dark yeah. damn <laughs> yeah i also have a cat licking the microphone i hope she's not gonna make too much noise daphne stop it <laughs> you say hello to zombie girls no hello, you're pretty baby. there's another cat all right anything else on cgtv are we ready to move on to the streaming deck yeah, let's oh, hear I think it. that's good. Some good Hear picks, it. you guys. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh wait, I was the only person that gave honorable mentions. Did other people have honorable mentions? Oh, sorry. Did anybody else? Mine got covered. Oh, mine got yeah, mentioned mine too. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. All right. Well, then in that case, let's move on to the streaming deck. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna cheat because I really feel strongly. My streaming pick this time is Horror Noir. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Even before I knew we were gonna like really deep dive into it, this was my plan just because yeah. I feel a all the things that I watched this week, like, this is the one that everybody should watch. Agreed. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just the best thing that came out. It's the most, like, if you're a horror fan, like, you need to know this. This is, like, a hidden history that you need, that's been in plain sight, that you need to see. So, if you, if you weren't already on on the horror and war tip, this is this is your moment. Let's do it. Definitely check that out on Shudder. If you can get a, if you don't have Shudder, you can get a free month. You might end up with Shudder for good. That's kind of <laughs> how it works for us. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But it's worth getting a trial at least to check this this one out. All right. Until next time.
when I get to take the lead again. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I know what we're going to do. I talked about this already, but just for the listeners, we are going to do the Purge series <laughs> from beginning to end. I've seen all of them except for the very first Purge movie. Not the first Purge. This is confusing. The original Purge film, I have not seen. But the I first seen... release. The first release yeah. Purge film. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I've seen every other Not one. to be confused with the first Purge. Yes. Right. The most recently released, the first Purge. I'm yeah. calling major shenanigans on the naming of the, the final movie. Yeah. I feel very warmly towards the movie. feel much less so about the actual title of the movie. <laughs> so, well, they little... should release a movie called The Purge Remake and go, oh, have you seen The Purge Remake? No, wait, I mean, you know, <laughs> The Purge Remake. <laughs> or the original The Purge Reboot. Like, yeah. <laughs> so for those of you that are playing along at home, get out, dust off your Purge copies because we're going to be purging. <laughs> kind of a weird way to end a episode about our Black Swan Purge. Yeah. So, I feel weird about this. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right, Jody. You know what to do. This <laughs> is someone else's turn to do this. Uh, thank you for you listening so to us. You so good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to us enjoy some, uh, some ordeal movies. Um, we'll be back next time for some third. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Out. All right, good idea, good That's idea. Great. That's using the old. Well, noggin. we can put it on Facebook now because this episode's not coming out for a little while. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll put you in charge of that, Sarah. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I never suggest stuff anymore? You end up <laughs> um, so we got desert island horror, French horror, but then there's a little. <laughs> I think this might be an old message from you, Rachel. That says, "Can we change it to continental horror, maybe for a sissy lalas, aka Rachel?" <laughs> <laughs> So that's probably a couple of years old now. You've you've broadened your horizons. I mean, I definitely have like like become more of a scab, but like, <laughs> like but I'm still a little sensitive. <laughs> Dude, that was good. Yeah, they're good. I'm like gonna I'm gonna have sex dreams about that like, ham and cheese <laughs> number. That was good. <laughs> Another outtake. Good, good. Um, <laughs> Is it gonna be Vincent Cassell eating a croissant? Ooh, come on now. <laughs> now that is my sexual preference. Mm. I, know. I know, I know, I know. I don't like that part of myself. But, but you know, it's so entertaining. It's so funny. <laughs> uh. If you enjoyed it, <laughs> that was pretty epic. That was good. It was much more intense than I was expecting. Yeah. I actually thought yeah, it was going to be like more basic. of a burp. I wasn't expecting like the full baritone. Um, <laughs> It was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> All right, listeners.